We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 452, brought to you today by our good friends, betonline.ag. Go check them out, and you get a free welcome bonus with code BLUEWIRE. Scott, we're 10 days away from opening day, in quotes. You think it's going to happen? Yes, I do. I think it's definitely happening. I think that these guys are all, um, you know, just kind of managing all this stuff, and and they're ready to play, man. They're watching the watching those inter squad games and seeing these guys after the games at the press conferences on Zoom calls and all of these things, they're just they're so ready and eager to play. It seems like they also are ready to to take on you know whatever whatever uh, absences that they have as well, and just kind of roll with the punches. Because I think that's that's mm. the name of the game this uh, right now. You know, it's a it's a matter of just managing it somehow and being as as uh, as, as good as they could possibly be. But yeah, I think they're definitely going to play. I think that's that's what's happening right now. I think that's the uh, the vibe I'm, I'm getting from every single thing I'm seeing on TV, even across the league, man. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely happening. Yeah, I was skeptical when they all showed up to camp at the beginning of July. I was skeptical that it was going to happen, but ten days away, I think they're. They're pot committed to at least give it a shot. Yeah, for sure. And if they have to, sh- if they have to shut it down because things get worse, then then they'll cross that bridge when when they come to it. But we've seen like handfuls of guys on each team get it, 
And I think I said last week, that's manageable. If it's Chapman and LeMahieu and Sessa and maybe a couple other guys from the 60-man squad that get it, you can quarantine those guys, you can test everyone, you can manage that. If it starts to ravage one single clubhouse, then I think they might have to entertain the idea of shutting, shutting everything down. But that hasn't happened yet. And until that happens, I think they're going to give it a shot. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty hopeful, honestly, at this point for the for the first time in a long time. I'm I'm hopeful and uh, I'm pretty optimistic for for baseball happening and just watching these guys on the field. Finally, seeing Garrett Cole in a Yankees uniform go out there and just throw BBs past everybody. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, he's getting that he's getting the adrenaline going again for me. Just watching these inter squad games are. They don't do much for me, but it's nice to see them out there just like running around playing. You know, it's just it's spring training. Yeah. It's it's a matter of just watching the guys get their workouts in. But when you have a, a pitcher like Cole that's that's able to go out there and throw, you know, into the sixth inning. I mean, that's 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 real stuff right there. That's actual, you know, preparation. And and really, he's taking those those uh, those reps very seriously. And you can just see how nasty he is. So it's fun to watch that. Uh, that was going to be my next point is I haven't got there yet from like the excitement factor it hasn't hit me yet and I think maybe it'll hit me maybe opening week maybe that Thursday night when they're playing the Nationals and Scherzer's on the mound and it's Scherzer versus Cole like that's gonna be freaking awesome even if there's nobody in the stands but like it still doesn't feel real to me it still feels like this is just a facade yeah and I, I can't get past that for some reason. Yeah, no, it's understandable. I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of people are struggling with that as far as like what what's real, what's not. Um, what can they get their hopes up? What, and, and how can they uh, really just not be disappointed? So, you know, a matter of managing those expectations. But all I know is I had huge expectations for Garrett Cole walking in the door. And when I'm actually seeing him throw. Everyone did. Yeah. When I'm seeing him throw. You know those those expectations are being realized by uh, just looking at how meticulous he is. And man, I swear to God, the, when you when you listen to him talk, first of all, his voice, wow. But the, the <laughs> it's, it just doesn't match what you expect, man. Like you see him talking, and like oh, that is not how you. That's not this is just not what I expect when I when I hear him. Really nice guy, very nice guy. Rough, tough. He's a good he's a good SoCal boy. It's a tough one, but the. Uh, He's he's so meticulous and so professional about you know just going through the motion and doing these uh, these reps even in inner squad. Um, it's I love it. The fire is 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 so clear that he he wants to be great, and uh, I love that. I absolutely love that part of it. So and you can tell so, around him, you can really really tell that he's making a significant difference. I think in the way so that people go straight. about things. Yeah, you can confirm that Garrett Cole's good. <clears throat> There's no doubt I can confirm that he's good. Yes, <laughs> great. Good. He make it took he's, you, it took you long. He's, he's a, but he's also great in a Yankees uniform. That's the difference. He's great in a Yankees uniform so far. Uh, and I'm not looking at results. I'm looking at just the way that he's executing certain pitches. How dumb some guys look. Some good hitters against him when he's uh, well, when he's up there. And I understand the pitchers are ahead of catch. I think the pitchers. Point, but we're going to see that as a trend across sure. the league. I think for the first two to three weeks of the season, it's going to be pitching dominated. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that especially the good the good pitchers are really going to dominate. There's there's such a difference I think in the beginning of a season when you when you get to um, you know the top level pitchers, whereas you know towards the middle of the season you get guys with more reps at the plate. Uh, you can see some some differences, but the the good pitchers in the beginning of the season, you know, have the ability to really dominate. And I think this year's going to be no different because of the you know just lack of real game stuff happening i mean they the i was i know that the we'll talk about this but boone's like has rolled out a five-man infield you get the dodgers with a a clubhouse guy playing left field uh yesterday i mean love to see it it's fun but it's do you because we've talked about how we hate shifts and how we want to ban the shift and now no i'm more talking i'm more talking about the guy in left field they had a club the dodgers had a clubhouse guy um like literally playing left field uh during one of the games that's awesome yeah, you want to see the Yankees call out the ground screw guy, put him in shorts. I do, just for the hell. Yeah, of for 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 summer for summer camp inner squad. Camp. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, because some of the some of the video clips that have been going out of like the summer squad games, it's just like there's like a a shortstop and a second baseman, a first baseman, and then no one else on the yeah. field, and a pitcher and a batter. It's like okay, what are we? Yeah, doing? they're getting reps in. That's what they're doing. And and you, I mean, you get a situation where Clint Frazier walks. And just goes back to the dugout. You know, he's not running the bases right now. So, 
you know, that's that's the bombers, and that's uh, is that why the bombers squad had two DHs on Saturday? Yeah, probably. That they probably deemed him as the DH because of that. Yeah, he. Uh, well, I was watching the game on Sunday. The the uh, Clint Frazier has that little bout of uh, plantar fasciitis, which he says is fine, but the the staff is taking its time with him, and they don't want him running on on the foot. So they're you know he walked. He actually thought he walked. Got the count wrong. Somebody got the count wrong. <laughs> Started walking back towards the dugout. Gave a very like Clint Frazier like like I don't know. I don't want to be here. Look and and then walked back up. Took another ball and then looked even more like he didn't want to be there. Walking back to the dugout for the second time. Frazier said he's going to wear masks during the games. Yep. He's gonna. He wants to set an example to show people that it can easily be done. And he said he wants to set a good example for the general public. Listen, just wear the mask. Don't be stupid. Wear the mask. It's simple. Yeah. He, he also, I mean, I was listening to that, that press conference with him and he was talking about the fact that, you know, he feels like it's his, you know, his his part, him doing his job, his part for, for guys staying on the field. And he, he actually said some interesting things. Like we've, the the Yankees have already lost a couple guys to, to, um, to the virus that, that are now on the shelf. And, that this is a big he acknowledging that it's a big year for him and he understands that he's got to be ready and healthy to be playing because if guys are going down he's the guy that's going to be filling in for them so he has to be ready and it's a big opportunity for him um and that opportunity's gone if he's not on the if he's not on the field so he was saying I'm going to do everything I possibly can to stay on the field for that part of things and when I go up to the plate he was talking about the catcher and the umpire he's like I'm not the only one up there so there's there's other people to consider when I'm up there and I'm just going to try to do this now, if, if he, he doesn't think it has affected him much, he's going to get used to it. Um, but he said he's going to try. You know, we'll see how long it stays on. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's got to be an adjustment for sure. I wouldn't be me if I wasn't a little cynical and didn't try and look at this another way. What, that he wants a fa- fashion fit. statement and he's already got a whole bunch of masks uh-huh. ready to come? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, he, was the, he was the cleats guy. And he got a lot of attention for all the different cleats that he was rocking. Now he's going to be the mask guy. And he knows if I'm up there with a mask on, I'm going to get more retweets on Twitter. I'm going to get more time on SportsCenter. I'm going to get more, more, more. I'm not saying that's why he's doing it. I'm just saying maybe that's part of the reason why he's doing it. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Look, I will. I'm not not saying. I will fully admit that that was the first thing I thought of. (laughs) Yeah. And if it was DJ LeMahieu who said, I'm going to wear a mask because I've had coronavirus, I tested positive, and I just want to be absolutely safe, and I'm going to hit 340 whether I'm wearing a mask or not a mask, fine. He's just going about his business. But when it's Clint Frazier, I'm, I have to, I like Clint Frazier. I do like Clint Frazier. But I still think that's got to be part of it. I mean, yeah, I think it's probably part of it too. But I also go back to the early, the, the stories that we know about Clint Frazier and about him donating uh, you know, a whole bunch of money to uh, a friend in in Georgia who uh, I think it was I forget the the exact story, but it was like a couple people that went to his high school of some sort or lived in the next town. There was a car accident. Someone passed, and he donated a bunch of money or he helped somebody out. He he's he's one of those guys, and he doesn't he didn't tell anybody about it. I think it got, somebody else caught wind of it. He he I think genuinely is a nice guy at the in in the uh, like. Just his character. I think he's got good character. I think he has some immaturities that lashed out, and that's why the the media took took a hold of a lot of that stuff. You know, and he's he's just a he, he's his own guy. Like he has no problem being himself, which is great. I love that. So yeah, I think there's probably part of it. I think there's probably a factory in China right now making some custom Clint Fraser masks. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he also <laughs> at the same time wants to make sure that he's on the field. So. There could be two pronged. It's could be a two prong answer. There's nothing wrong with having other. If you're going to do it, you have other motivations. I'm good with it. Can you get stuff from China right now? <laughs> yeah, is this still an embargo? You can definitely get stuff. Everybody on the dark web. Everybody's still getting things. I hate to break it to you, but yeah, that's still happening. <clears throat> well, yeah, the coronavirus is still. I think it's going to be an ongoing issue. I think that there's going to be guys who are testing positive throughout the season, and it's not even like they're going to. It's not like can't even say, oh, he was stupid. He went out at night or whatever. It's just like, it's going to happen. And Chapman tested positive on Thursday. And he was in camp all week. So they're doing like this tracing study to figure out where he was all week, who he came in contact with, like who he came in most close contact with to test those guys. 
I'm a little surprised, though, as soon as they got that news, they didn't just shut camp down and test everyone again. Because this has been, this is a weird virus. It doesn't act normal. It's like, okay, his trainer, who he was in close contact with, tested negative. Great. But it's like he could have come in contact with uh, whoever, with Garrett Cole for three seconds, and Garrett Cole could get it. It's just you don't know. So I'm surprised the Yankees didn't just play it safe and shut it down for a couple days. I don't, I don't think they can do that. That's the thing. Like, I, I think if you do that for every single one, then we'll never play. So I think that they are going to manage this as best they can without freaking out and shutting things down. I think that's that's part of the game plan. Because if you do what you said, then you can't start the season, man. It's just not gonna it's not gonna happen because that's gonna be a continuous that's gonna be very that's gonna be very difficult to control. You know, they're gonna pop up. And I and again, like I said earlier. But this was only a this was a delayed test, wasn't it? I I just I don't think they're gonna be able to do that. If that because that's going to happen. If you set a precedent for doing that, uh, they're just never going to play. So I, I think that they're being as meticulous as they possibly can with the testing, having everybody be as careful as they possibly can. But they got to, from what they're doing, from their objective, they got to keep moving forward. And if, yeah, the test, like that's another issue is the timeliness of the test because a few teams have had to shut camps down because they didn't get their test results back in time. Yeah. And if you're not getting test results back in the 24 hours that was promised, I don't know how the season is going to happen. You can't wait 72 hours for test results. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that was from the beginning, from the first weekend, too, where they were really ironing things out. Holiday weekend, there's some weird stuff that happened with that as well. It seems like they've, uh, they've, they've tried to rectify as much of that as possible, and, and they've, uh, they've gotten a little bit better. And again, like anything, man, this is like, you can prepare as much as you possibly want for something like this. It's not going to go the way you prepare. That's a reality, but expecting perfection is just unrealistic. So what they're going to be doing is, is tweaking systems, making adjustments so that they can be you know, the accuracies go higher, they're, they're, they're making less mistakes. And I, I think that's just part of a process, you know, in anything going, going forward, especially when you're doing it on such a big scale, like you're going to find weaknesses, you're going to find holes in your system. So you just need to fix them uh, instead of like shutting everything down and not going with the plan. Like I, th- I think they have a, 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 a decent plan. They just got to continuously improve it. We've seen guys kind of have fun with the rules and regulations, like air high fives, and Tanaka was like throwing the ball up into the stands as if people were there, like you know, just like playful Brett Gardner things like did. That. Uh, did they, I think the guys in the either in the outfield were were doing the roll call, and Gardner goes over and and, and looks at the bleachers and does his like you know mm-hmm. his little Hulk flex. Yep. I love it. So, but then there's like there's been video footage of guys spitting on the field, and that's a no no. <laughs> well, it's just like staying in the box, like. You can't step your foot out of the box. Do you remember when A-Rod, when that rule came and A-Rod was like, you know, he would like dance in and out because he forgot and then he would like go back? Yes, I know. But like, is baseball going to actually crack down on that? They put it in the rules and regulations. Yeah, it's in the rules. They're not going to crack down on it. No, they're not. What about Unless somebody spits on somebody and it becomes a problem. Another thing that I read an article about this week was the the wet rag that pitchers are going to have because they don't want them licking their hands. And I I think it was actually Jeff Nelson who tweeted like, there's going to be everything and anything on that wet rag that's true it's going to be as far a cesspool as, as far disgusting. as no as, but also <laughs> as far as like oh like bullfrog bullfrog pine tar whatever yeah. sort of substance you think could be on that wet rag will be on that wet rag to get a different and better grip on the base yeah probably it's going to be very hard to control that if they have a wet rag out there because you know you could just say hey like i mean i have literally have sunscreen on like it's on the rag too i mean what are you going to do there's going to be a lot of stuff yeah. that you can't control, and I think they're I think yeah. they're fine with that this year. Honestly, there's going to be a lot yeah, of that lackadaisical, you know, the rule is there, but we're not really going to implement it type situations. Right, and I'm fine. Yeah, with I don't that. know. How, <clears throat> that's the only way to have this 60 game season is to just look the other way on a lot of those things. Because if you try, if you punish a guy and suspend a guy for every time he spits, it's like, well, guess what. 90% of the guys around the league are going to get suspended. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that was ever a thing. But the, uh, I think the... Well, then don't put it in the rules. No, they have to. That's the thing. They have to put it in the rules. That's where you're, that's where you're wrong. They got to put that Can stuff in Can you just say there. don't spit on each other? Yeah, I said don't spit on each other. Like, if people start spitting on each other, then there'll be a problem. If you start, if you start, if you start celebrating the <laughs> fact that you're spitting, then there's going to be a problem. If you're, if you're just like, if you're just, if you're, if you're making a mockery of it and you're spitting all over the place, like, uh, you know, just uncontrollable spitting, there will be a this? problem. You know how guys spit in their glove and and, yeah. and smack the glove. Yeah. That would they get mad at that because then that could come in contact with the baseball because the guy catches the ball right. 
It gets on the baseball. Yeah. Whereas if you just spit in the outfield, you just spit in the yep. outfield. No, that's going to happen too, and they're not going to get mad at it. They're going to try to get people to, to stop doing it, but uh, it's going to happen as well because it's, it's routine, man. I mean, it's, these guys are such creatures of habit. It's so crazy. I mean, even when I play softball, when I'm playing, I, I, I play shortstop and, I, and I'm sitting there like every pitch, I, I, I have to get something on my fingers so that I, so that I have some grip. You know, if the ball grab comes a little, me, Grab a little dirt, get a little mud, get a little tackiness. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I spit in my glove cons- constantly just so I can get something. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I'll get my, or I'll lick my fingers. Like it happens. I think it's just time. because baseball, baseball is, there's a lot of downtime in a baseball game. So you got to like amuse yourself and it's just habit. You get into these routines. Okay, I got to spit. I got to, I got to stretch my quads out in between every pitch. I got to, you know, Paul O'Neill is out there practicing his batting stance. Like who knows what's going on? That's it, man. So that's why these rules are just they're there they're there in, on paper for a reason. That's really just it. They're just there on paper. Uh, the lawyer's like, of, we gotta put this in there. Put the no spitting thing in too. Cover cover ass on that one. Yeah. We told them not to do it. We told them not to do it. So there's Twitter narcs who start going Great. around with, oh look, here's all the guys who spit. Awesome. Those guys, those guys, those guys can piss off. <laughs> um, you worried about Aaron Judge's stiff neck? No, I think he slept on it wrong. Boone's Boone's not worried. He's not worried so at all. He's he's sitting there like six to eight weeks. Yeah, he's sitting there. Uh, yeah, he slept on it wrong. He's got a little stiffness. Think we're going to be okay? It's you know it could be more. It could be like a stiff neck definitely sucks when it's there, but it does go if it is that it goes away and then it's gone right. Like nothing's there. It's just it's a matter of. It's just going away, and uh, I would like to believe that yeah. is the case. I'm just saying that's Judge. what stiff necks do. Stiff necks go away. It's not a reoccurring think, injury. So when we first heard about you know a 60 or an 80 game schedule, we were talking about how there's going to be more urgency, less load management, all that kind of stuff. Do you think the Yankees are actually going to do that, or is the 60 game sk- schedule might as well be a 160 game schedule, and they're just going to treat it business as usual? If Aaron Judge has a stiff neck, he's going to be out two to three days. If someone needs a, a day game after a night game, he's going to get that. Garrett Cole's only going to go seven innings. You know, Tanaka's going to go five innings. Like it's all going to be business as usual, even though there's only sixty games. I think we'll see. I think we will see a lot of that because the Yankees will tell you that they are very much in belief with the depth of their team and they have confidence in everybody. That will be the answer, uh, and they don't want to put anything. If there's a potential. You know, injury that's around the corner that that could be multiple games. They're going to manage that in, to try to nip it in the bud, just so that they're not down a guy. And I think the timing of said injuries or or whatever the schedule is going to look like is going to be very dependent on who they're playing, who's coming up, where the AL East game, where Tampa is, what their uh, you know what the pitching lineup is, all of these things. There's going to be a lot more strategy in in how they approach a lot of these games. I think. More strategy, like setting things up. From- I think it's going to matter on who their opponent is and what's happening in the league. There's going to be a lot more looking around this year, as far as what other people are doing, what other teams are doing. And I think those are going to have effects on what happens on the field. Like I think Boone's going to have Boone's probably got his 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 most complex management job this year of any year because of the short season, the way that it's rolled out with the amount of games in the AL East, <clears throat> and then and then the whole like managing. Injuries with a you know extra roster play, roster spots. Uh, he's just got a he's got a very interesting managerial job this year, and I think that's the manager is going to be an extremely important uh, position on a team because of this shortness and the weirdness of this season. And I think it's gonna it's either going to show who's who's doing a really good job or it's going to really show who's not throughout the league. Well, it's interesting because the Yankees have been preaching depth, and I think they have great depth. Their their forty man roster may be the best in baseball, and it's a reason why they were able to sustain all those injuries the past couple of years and still win over a hundred games. But in a sixty game schedule, you don't need depth. You could win with a top heavy roster in a sixty game. Yeah, schedule. but the difference is that if you lose a guy in a, in a sixty game schedule, then you, you certainly do need that depth. That's where the that's where the thing goes wrong. So you have to you have to do the uh, you know the the cost analysis on on whether it's worth it to play this guy and risk a ten game um, shelf, or you give him a, a rest, play a guy that you're still confident in, 
and, and then you know potentially nip that in the bud so that you're not you're not dealing with uh, ten games rather than two to three games of a substitute <clears throat> who you are confident in. So I think depth absolutely plays into how he's going to manage this year, and I think it's you're going to see situations like that. Are you worried about any of the guys who are currently dealing with coronavirus from a getting back on the field perspective? Like Chapman just got tested positive, so his status for opening day is definitely up in the air. Right. LeMahieu tested positive early on. I know he's still not working out or anything like that, and he wasn't even showing symptoms. He was asymptomatic. But there's, you still have to treat it like he is any other guy. He's still got to get do, go through the protocols of coming back and testing negative twice and blah, blah, blah. So he could be back for opening day, but it's not a sure thing. No, it's not a sure thing. I think that second base is going to be is is one of these is one of these spots that we're looking at as a as actually a summer camp battle at this point. Really, I mean, it, because you cannot say that Lemay who's going to be back. We don't know. You got to pass what two tests in order to come back. So there's a. I mean, it's the two tests. You have to um, have a fever. I know he was not symptomatic anyway, so I don't think a fever is an issue with him. But yeah, he's got to have the two tests. 24 hours apart, both negative. Right. So that's a that's a tall task, I think, uh, in order for them to to get him back. And you can't you can't depend on that. So that's when I mean that's what I'm looking at right now. You're looking at I don't have any I don't have any um, worries about them getting back on the field as far as like baseball stuff. Like I think they're they're obviously probably still they're staying in shape. They're doing their things that they can do whatever they're doing away from the team. Um, but Lemayhu, no, I'm, not, I'm certainly not worried about Lemayhu if it's uh, baseball stuff. Uh, and then Sessa, not really. I think that and Chapman. I, I, I think he's a small. Sessa's a small part of the team, regardless. So, but the, my point is that the three guys that are on there, like Lemayhu, is probably the least. I'm probably the least concerned about anybody that that I am Lemayhu about getting ready and being prepared for the season, no matter what the situation. So I, I do have confidence in that as long as he can get back to that test. But if he's not, if he's not able to get back, we're looking at we're looking at um, Estrada, Tyro Estrada, and and Tyler Wade as potential guys for that second base you're, spot you're binky you're boo yeah well i i so that that's that, that makes an interesting uh situation here because we also saw tyler wade playing right field when judge was out which which tells you exactly you know how they feel about tyler wade and his Super versatility guy. guy so yeah when we're looking at those spots estrada leading <laughs> leading the uh team in uh in inner squad home runs as well so Estrada, Tyro Estrada is an interesting guy. We saw him come up last year and and probably and do better than we expected. He he definitely was a was a a bright spot in, in you know the position players that came up, and he's got skill. Like the guy, the guy can definitely play. I think he's more of that prototypical everyday second baseman that the Yankees would want out there. I mean, uh, a righty and a lefty, so you do have a little bit of a split there with those two guys. But I do I do believe that they they see so much more flexibility in Wade that. Uh, I, you know, I, I have a feeling Estrada will get the nod for more of that full-time job, uh, you know, if that's really what it is. Because Wade also gives them ability later in the game if they need a pinch runner, if there's an extra inning situation and they need to get, you know, that guy from second in. Like, there's a lot of situations where Wade can be used in his versatility um, and Estrada can play second base just fine. Do you think Gio Urshela could play second base? He's only played five games there in his career. But do because I haven't seen this field alignment even theorized where you have Geowitz second and and uh, Miggy at third. I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to do that. I don't think they need to get cute when they have a when they have DJ who's they're still hoping he's going to come back who will absolutely be locked in at second base. You have Tyro Estrada who's a very natural second baseman, and then Tyler Wade who could play anywhere. So I don't think they need to. And I think pulling a yeah. guy from a position where he's very good just to put a bandaid on something. I just don't think it's a necessity that you mean that would be like your optimal offensive lineup, but I'm not even sure that the offensive boost is worth the potential defensive loss because you're saying, okay, you're going to lose something at second base with geo. And then you're really going to lose something with Andujar at third. Right. Well, and also I think that, you know, Estrada has been, Estrada has been so far. I mean, he's shown us that he's, he can play second base. Like there's not really a deficiency there from what we've seen yeah. much. So, um, yeah, you lose a lot if you go from Miggy to, or if you go from Gio to Miggy defensively at third base. And 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 so look, these guys have. Mig- I think the bigger thing is like uh, these guys are shifting around a lot because of this five man 
type uh, infield or a shift, uh, you know, people moving. Remember Headley used to go from third base to second base when, when they would do that shift, he would go all the way across the diamond. Why'd you have to bring, why'd you have to Cause bring it was a fun opportunity and I want to insert him as I, as I can. But, uh, you know, the, they they work in different areas because of the shifting and all those things. So I don't think it would be that big of a deal for Gio to do it, but it's just not necessity, really. It's, there's no reason for it. With a five-man infield, maybe Miguel Andujar's defensive stats wouldn't be so shitty. Well, it, it, he gets to the ball. It has nothing to do with getting to the ball. His range is, is average. He, yes, but is, the... Um, so it's more towards like it's the, his foot. It's his footwork, which is atrocious, and it's usually his footwork when he's getting ready to throw the ball. Right. Yeah, because he was actually not bad getting to the ball towards the line. Like he would touch a lot of balls. He would touch a lot of balls. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, sports are coming back, and you and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. If you can't wait for your team to come back, BetOnline has futures odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out the daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K you can watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline is your online wagering experts, and they have been with us through the thick of COVID. So go support them. You think CC is mulling a comeback? <laughs> he sure as hell, he sure as hell looks like it, I, just because of the way he's he's you know physically in. I mean, the guy looks like a stud, man. He's just you know getting. Ri- he's he looks so. Remember in 2013, he dropped maybe like 30 pounds in the off season, but he just looked like he's skinny fat. Yeah, he looked like an older he guy. He looks that muscular just gets now. Skin. Yeah, he looked like fat bastard after he lost all <laughs> right. the weight, where his neck looked like a vagina. Now he's tight. He's got some muscles, those shoulders, those, those biceps. He's looking ripped. He does. He looks good, man. Uh, good for him. I don't. I don't see. I have a feeling that shoulder, as 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 good as you look on the outside, when you start ripping that shoulder and and start doing things that you know you would normally do as a pitcher, uh, that he wouldn't look as as in peak condition as he as he looks. Uh, He's got a, he's got a good beach body right now. You know what I'm saying? Like that guy, he's going out there and and like you know flexing and and asking people where the weight room is. But you start throwing a ball, you know, with uh, with the the unnatural torque that is on that shoulder, he's going to feel very different, I think. So no, I don't think he's coming back. It's good to see him but around there. Here's he's, the he's thing: a, he's a what a consultant to to yeah. somebody in the organization at this point. So he's hanging out and he still lives in uh, in Jersey, right? So he's there. Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna. I think he wants to be involved in the Yankees organization long term, and I think that's that's great. Everyone loves CC. But there's 58 guys on that 60-man squad. Mm-hmm. Pop CC on there. So if you get a World Series, yeah, CC's part of it. CC doesn't want that World Series. CC would be the first person to tell you he doesn't want that World Series by just leeching onto know. a I roster. Think might want, I think CC might want that World Series. He can come out of the bullpen. No, no. CC would, he, he CC can, would he probably— He throw a couple pitches. If, if there was an extra coach spot and, and you could just like have a guy out there, that consultant spot gave a, uh, got a How about got enforcer? Oh, I guess there's no fighting now, so damn it. Yeah, there's no fighting. Because he looks like he's a bouncer now. Like, he got in bouncer shape. Yeah. No, he, I mean, he's looking like a, like a, like a street fighter, looking like, like he's out there uh, ready to go. He's looking like a shit brick house. Yeah. It's like, dude. Yeah, I think, he, I I think he probably misses the being around the guys and the clubhouse and just the fact that he's not playing baseball right now is weird for him. You know, I mean, it's weird for everybody, but he's a retired guy. In fact, this, maybe this... This whole coronavirus thing has made his retirement a little bit easier because everybody else is is doing similar things. Yeah, no things. one's been there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, well, I was he's surprised getting, he was in, this, in for it. He was in the stands for that first intersquad, right? I have to imagine it was pretty tough to get in there. I doubt, right? That. They're not going to let anyone in. He, I mean, he's CC Sabathia. He's literally a consultant for the team. I know that, but like. Uh, Michael Kay and and uh, Jack Curry and David Cohn were calling the thing on freaking Zoom. Uh, yeah, but they, they have to the because they have to treat the media with with more of a consistency. You can't just like give special privileges to all different media people. And and by you know they're using a lot of those facilities on the second 
you know, uh, even in the legends areas or in the, in the, in the suites. So a lot of the, the areas of Yankee stadium are being, are being repurposed for other uses. So they're trying to keep people away from areas and they don't want as much travel going through. CC is not hurting anybody. I mean, what are you going to do? Say, no, CC, you cannot come in. No, I, I had no problem with it. I just, I was, I was like a little surprised because I thought they were just going to, you know, no, no, only essential personnel. And as much as we love CC, he's not an essential personnel in this case. He may have been deemed so. CC is, is now essential. Done. <laughs> Any other takeaways that you had from uh, the last week or so of inter-squad games and workouts? So I was, I was, yeah, I mean, a couple of things. Clark Schmidt. Looked really good. I mean, mm-hmm. really good. He he's got just very sharp break on his uh, on his off speed stuff, and he's extremely confident. Man, he just looks like he's a, a guy walking up there with a ton of confidence. And I think we could see some. I think we could see him surprised if he's able to get onto this roster, or at least you know be a, a guy that's one of the first called up. Uh, I think we could see some some really interesting things for him. I know that people were very excited him for in spring training or coming into spring, and he's really not disappointed with how he's looked. So that well, that's here, a guy to here's look at. the thing. Here's the thing about Schmidt. I don't expect him to be on the initial 30 man roster because he's going to be a guy who would be a starter if one of their starters goes down. So they're not going to stick him in the bullpen right. to possibly pitch an inning here or there. They're going to want to keep him loose so he can pitch five innings if they need him to. Yeah, and I, that's why I'm I, I more see him as like a you know, first or second guy up. I think him and Michael, he might be, he might be the sixth starter right I, now. Him and Michael King yeah, are like six, seven it. starters. I think him and Michael King have a battle for that, that first guy out. Um, you know, if there were, if there were some kind of an injury or a missed start or some sort. Although, sorry, I, with Luis Sessa possibly being out due coronavirus, that is an opening for a long man in the bullpen, which maybe someone like Michael King or Clark Schmidt fits. Either way. Uh, I think those two guys are going to be one, one of those two guys is probably going to be the first one uh, up. In a in a in a in a position where uh, a starting pitcher is the guy or Tanaka. I mean Tanaka is still, you know, he's feeling better. Tanaka's ramping back up. Like I think they're they're very, um, you know, they're they're optimistic with what with how Tanaka feels. But that's not a guarantee. So they got to get both of these guys ready to go and and start to start the season. I mean, if Tanaka isn't able to go, which is a very big possibility, then you could see uh, King or Clark Schmidt, one of those guys, filling in for them uh, for sure. But I mean, they're yeah, going to get spots, man. Like we know that those you're going to be probably eight deep in as far as starting pitchers at some point, you know, uh, uh, getting getting uh, getting starts. And and I'm not saying I'm not saying have, just because of a you know an opener situation. I'm saying because there's nothing going to be a guy on the shelf or someone's going to need extra rest or whatever yeah. the situation being. They're going to want to keep uh, a guy mm-hmm. fresh for a, a particular game or like we were talking about. Boone's going to be positioning some of these starting pitchers, I think for some of the Tampa series or some of the, you know, on the horizon, who's playing who, what does the season look like? How are, you know, the, the different opponents um, in this, in this 60 game sprint, you know, faring for themselves in the division, there may be an upcoming series that, that turns out is a, a lot bigger than what the schedule, you know, is showing us now. So I think that that's why I'm saying that Boone's going to have really interesting manager job this year. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how he manages, but those guys, those, those starting pitchers are going to be huge. Right, because they start off by playing the NL East, and then you've got a bunch of games against um, the AL East right after that. And those AL East games in a 60-game schedule, you have to win your head-to-head matchups, especially against Tampa. And I think Boston could still sneak in if if they have a hot 60 games. So you have to win those games. So if you can maybe bump Garrett Cole a day to make sure he starts against Tampa instead of Baltimore, it's going to happen. And who's going to fill in for him? Might be Clark Schmidt. Might be Michael King. Might be, might be a yeah, and also could be a whole lot of everybody for for ones like that too. And and you're right, Sessa. I mean, Sessa had a really good year last year, and I think that he he really got over the hump of uh, of of guys that you know, as a fan, the fan base has a little bit more confidence in him. I think the way that he threw, especially down the stretch, Boone certainly has confidence in him, and I think that you could see that confidence in Sessa just on the on the field. So I, you know. I don't think that's a that's a um, a loss that we can just kind of dismiss. Like that's a that's a pretty significant loss right now when you're looking at how the season's shaking out and the uh, flexibility that he has, and he's done it before. So we know that that guy can do it. We have not really seen, we have not seen Clark Schmidt do it, and we have not seen Michael King do it on, in any extended period of time. Yeah, I know, but 
Dude, Sessa's stuff is still, you know, I'm a Sessa guy. I'm yeah, a, I'm a, I'm a toolsy Sessa guy. Makes her, if Sessa makes or breaks this season. I'm not saying well, he makes or breaks this season, but I think guys like him that are that are more flexible in the way that they can, uh, you know, come out of the bullpen and stretch games out. They're going to be very important, you know, for a, a, a short season. I mean, everything is going to be magnified, right? But when you see a guy that has the flexibility, that gives you the ability to get two more innings so that, you know, a certain pitcher can't come out and they can they can actually bump, uh, you know, Garrett Cole the next day. Whereas if the, if, if he can't get out of the, the fourth inning and they have to bring in Michael King for two innings, then now there's nobody to start against Baltimore but Garrett Cole, right? Like the situations like that will play big knowing that uh, a short series against Tampa could make or break the season. So all of these things, it's such a chess game. Yeah, and after the first seven games of the season, which are all against NL East opponents, starting July 31st, they play 23 straight games against the AL East. Bam. How yeah. many times did we say that around the same time? It's so funny. In 2016, we're like, this is the stretch. This, th- if, they're, well, if the Yankees are going to make the playoffs, this is the stretch. <laughs> well, you know what? When it's... Uh, uh, do some quick math here. When it's thirty eight percent of your season, yeah. So <laughs> in one stretch, then it is it is that stretch. We can identify that stretch starting July thirty first. The funny thing is, is that it's the same, cal- the same time on the calendar as we were talking about that of, of yeah, two thousand sixteen. Sure. So yeah, it's a huge stretch coming up post All Star break, post trade deadline. <laughs> no All Star break this year. I know on a real in a real world calendar. Um, but no, I did that. I did uh, one more thing well, quickly on Michael King. Something that was like a little, and I know this is dumb. This is so dumb. But it, it I'm not going to say it didn't bother me a little bit. There during the press game, uh, the post game press conference, there were I don't even know what the question was, but they were asking Michael King. Um, I, I assume the question was something like, you know, how have you felt the impact off the field of a guy like Garrett Cole? What have you learned from him? What have you done? And he starts talking about that he's texting his buddy who plays for the Mariners in the Mariners system about, you know, what Cole has done. And I, these guys are all friends. They're all going to communicate. I, I completely get that. But he's given like little little tidbits of like, uh, you know, some some trade secrets that, that Garrett Cole's given these guys about how he's uh, mastered his slider by not practicing it on flat ground because it changes the arm slot. Like, I feel like that's a that's one of those little like little trade secrets that come along with, it, a, though, with a massive it, contract that we got for him. Yeah. I, I don't want these little, I would, or does every pitching coach know that I w- Well, then why didn't he know that before Garrett Cole told him that I, I, maybe that's just the one that he can tell the media as the, the quote unquote secret. That's not really a secret, but I'm going to give him something. Okay. But in reality, Garrett Cole was like, no, you actually move your finger a centimeter this way and your slider breaks an extra. Two. Hey, if that's the situation, I'm all, that then I take this all back and I love everything. If I fell for it, perfect. That's great. That means a lot more people did. That means that the kid that he's texting on the Seattle, not that I'm worried about Seattle, but you know, I don't know. There's just something about trade secrets. When you pay a guy that much, you're, you're bringing him into your building. You benefit from that. Like, let's just not talk about it on press conferences. You know, text your boy. That's fine. No one's going to stop that. But let's keep the trade secrets out of the press conferences. For no, well, you know the story. For no other reason. You know the, you know the story that Mariano Rivera taught Roy Halladay as cutter. Yes. At an all-star game in like early two, like 2004 or something. Yes. And then Roy Halladay just like ate up the Yankees for eight straight <laughs> years by throwing him cutter after cutter. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's, let's just keep these things to ourselves a little bit. We didn't find out about that story until later. Right. Like imagine finding out yeah. about that story in the middle of, uh, um, you know, Roy Holiday going, you know, five no hit innings against you, you know, time and time again, at, or just like limiting you sawing off bats consistently. It'd be frustrating. Yeah. Although or though, on the flip side, was Roy Holiday just going to figure that out eventually because he's Roy Holiday? Possibly. Very possibly. But I'm just saying, you know, it's just. We paid a lot of money for that guy. Let's uh, let's try to keep as much of that in, in-house as possible. It's not just the eight shutout innings. No, yeah, I want, I want to those. absorb. I want all. I want all of it. I think that he is going to be. I think that he is such an impact guy in a clubhouse. Not even just for like the, you know, he's not a vocal leader. I don't think he's not one of those guys that's going to rah rah. But he's just such a presence in in how he prepares, how he takes every at bat, every pitch, with such um, a, just a. a you know, a, a dedication to that pitch, a dedication to the craft. I love it. I absolutely love watching him work. And I can tell well, there's a there's a way that guys look at him. Even we talked about this in spring or even in the offseason, whenever it was, but 
Like I, I, I think that he's going to have a significant impact on Gary Sanchez. And when you see some of the interactions between them in the dugout, like there's just, I, I don't know, it just seems like there's a level of respect that is a little different in the way that uh, Gary interacts with him and that other people interact with him. And I really like to see that. I think it's awesome. Are you possibly putting too much um, expectations for Garrett Cole? Because I, I agree with you that there is more to just what Garrett Cole does on the mound to making it a successful contract. I think the, a reason that we say CC was worth every dollar is not just because he helped win the Yankees the 2009 championship and, and was the ace of the staff for four years, but also because he was a clubhouse leader and everyone loves him in that clubhouse. And that's really important. Yeah. So I think it's totally so are, different though. I, I'm not, I, I think that the, um, what I'm saying is more to the fact that Garrett Cole is such a, uh, a such a professional in the way that he goes about it that just just by being there doing what he normally does is going but to I'm have I'm saying that. that might be too much expectation. That's a lot. You're just saying I, but it's just not by an expectation. It's just, it's just a, I I think that it's just who he is. And that, that guy was pick he up that on in it. Houston? Was he that in oh, Houston, th- or was Justin Verlander that in Houston? No, I think I think they're very different. I think Cole was a lot of. I think Cole exudes that. I don't think he tries. I think it's just the way. I think it's just what it is. That's my point. Like it just, he, he just. It's not like he's going in intentionally doing that. It's just it's how he prepares for the game, and because he's so good, that is now like people are taking notice of that so much more, and they're looking at watching him work and the way that he prepares and the way that he talks about things because he's so good on the field. Verlander, yes, he does all those things as well, but he's also more of like an outgoing, like rah-rah guy too. I think there's just a different type of personality. Cole is just such a, he's more of like a LeMahieu almost in the sense that he just goes about his work and people take notice. I think that's more more what it is. And there's such a direct, you know, uh, teamwork effect when you're looking at a pitcher and a catcher that that's why I think it's going to rub off just because they're working together so closely. And I don't even think they're expect. It's not even an expectation for me. It's just a, I just think that's, I don't expect it to happen. I just think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know how you decipher mm-hmm. the difference, but oh, I get it. I, I, I get it. It's just, <laughs> I mean, the, it, one thing is when you sign a $324 million contract, you got a lot to live up to. I'm, I'm not saying he can't, but there's a lot to live up to. And I, th- I mean, the on the field stuff. It start everything starts there, right? Like it, you, oh, of you have to be. I mean, it's a, you have to be. If dominant. you're bad on the field, then you can't do enough off the field to make that three hundred twenty-four million dollars worth. Well, it. You have to be good on the field, and then also an impact somewhere else. And also, if you're not, if you're not the type of dominant that he is on the field, all of those things that I just talked about, the preparation, the way that he goes about. They don't become as meaningful, right? The, right. If you have a 4.3 ERA, yeah. it's like, well, I don't know. You're not really – I'm not going to follow. Exactly. You. So the fact that he is so dominant and 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 that he goes about it, it's like it's like when people watch like, you know, when Jordan practiced and they did all that. Like they would watch the way he would work. I think Cole is a similar way. Like they watch the way he works and the way that he goes oh about his business. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not saying Derek Cole is Michael Jordan. <laughs> Just an example. Can't wait for the 10-part ESPN series and <laughs> – 40 years about Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things I noticed about the schedule, and it kind of annoyed me, is why did they schedule all the game times as if people were going to be attending in person? Like 7 p.m. weeknight games, 1 p.m. Saturday, Sunday games. I just don't think that makes sense in the world that we live in right now where most people are working from home. People are, are, are at home more. At least start the midweek games slightly earlier so you could – have kids complete the games, right? Yeah. Start them at 5.30 or something. And then on a Saturday in the summer in July and August, I'm sorry. I don't want to be inside at 1 p.m. watching a game. I'm going to listen to it probably, but I would much prefer that game to be 7 p.m. Saturday night than Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Yeah, I think it has to do with some of the travel schedule for the Saturday games at least. That that's more to the point of the of the travel schedule. Well, what as is well. Saturday? You mean Sunday? Yeah, the weekend games, like having the, some consistency on that side, and then and then a lot of it has, has to do with the TV contracts, and they also have to look at what these other sports are doing too, and 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 they're staggering. I know. So I think that was possibly part of the reasonings too. It's like, do we stagger as well, or they have to understand where they're going to be competing as well for the networks, the regional networks. So I I, I think that moving the games may have been. I don't know, like the times, 
I, I have no problem moving it up. Like move up the move up the games on on the weekdays to six six fifteen. Like they should have done that. Um, but I still think a lot of it yeah. more has to do with the ratings. There's there's obviously some something there where they, the ratings are better starting a game at seven o'clock. I, they'll probably figure this out that maybe that that data is is no longer great because people are no longer commuting and people don't have the same habits that they did last year or the years before. So I think there's going to be some new data that they will identify and realize that maybe that wasn't necessity. Uh, I don't know though. It's it's one of those nitpicking things. For me personally, just, I just wish they were earlier because of, you know, selfish reasons. Yeah, no, but it, I think it would be beneficial to the audience overall. For sure, no, it's, have... it's better. It's better to start games earlier, especially during the weekdays, when for for kids to watch. If you want to grow your game uh, with the with the young, the young demographic, start your games earlier so that they can watch them, because that becomes right. a problem on a weekday. Yeah. Not, yeah. not that school's a problem because who even knows what that's going on. But but I, I just think this is an opportunity to test things. And baseball is still trying to act like it's business as usual in some cases. Or I'm like, you know, you've been starting games at 7.05 p.m. for forever. Try starting them at 6.05 p.m. Yeah, I mean, just they even did that it. last year. They, I mean, 6.30, which I loved. We loved the 6.30 starts. Right. So yeah, and especially now, you mentioned this before. Like you're not really dealing with as many time zone issues who, on who you're playing. So no, it's all you're all in the same time. So zone. Just, just just stick with that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fine. Except for the the West teams have to deal with Texas being in the Central an and hour. Then they travel. Yeah, uh, two hours. two hours. Two hours. Yeah. But but for um, the Eastern teams, it's all Eastern Eastern time. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It kind of bugged me. Um, and another thing that bugged me is I saw Buster only tweet that baseball MLB TV is still going to do the blackout. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. Why do, why do people expect that to be different? I don't understand. It has nothing to do with going to the game. It has everything to do with the regional networks. They want you to subscribe to their to their service. So, yeah. I know that. So then what's the problem? I know that. Why, why I you, hate the blackout rule. Okay, you just hate it, period, because it affects you. That's why. But that's the whole reason why they're doing that is to control viewership on the S network. And whatever other regional network people are watching games on, on in their in their uh, respective town. I know. I mean, yeah. I, I I would love them to figure that out and have blackouts go away and and do some kind of rev share. But that's that's uh, it's gonna be a tough. That's a tall task. Yeah. Um, I mean, go to Reddit, guys. Anything? Come on, just go to Reddit and just pirate the game. It's what Come everyone on. always says. Go find a Reddit stream. I have never successfully found a Reddit stream. Oh, I find them all the time. I, that's how I watch football. I've never been able to find one. Well, I don't know. I click I, on it. It takes me in an infinite loop and I'm just back on Reddit. I don't get Reddit. I don't understand it. Well, that's, I think this is a personal problem. <laughs> I think this is a user error. Yeah. You know, you just got to like commit to finding the, the game. Just So you just click on link after link after link until you find the game. No, no, I don't do that. I look so at the reputable sources. I look at the the the, the links that have the Nothing most Nothing is reputable on No, on they do Reddit. actually. There's a, there's a reputation system within... Reddit. So fundamentally there is actually, and you can, you can see which ones are much less to be spam. So it's easier for, I mean, I can just tell, I can just look at it and tell. Are you just a savant? I'm, I'm a, a tech savant. savant. No, I just look with my eyes and just look to see. I don't know. It's not that difficult. I think if you, so if you, you went you in with a little jets. bit of optimism, you might, you might have a, you might have an opportunity to find it. I feel like you you're like, oh, I hate Reddit. Uh, I hate Reddit. Reddit sucks when you're going in there. No, like, I'm, I'm clicking and there's pop-ups and there's things happening. And then you just get fed up and leave. That, I'm the that, type of that guy, happens. though, that rather I rather spend the $20 a month to just watch it on my TV and not have to do some bootleg Reddit thing than like spend the hour trying to figure out the Reddit stream. Yeah, if it, I don't care enough. It's not worth it for me. That time wasted is not worth yeah, it. Yeah, I don't spend an hour. It spends like I spend like three minutes <laughs> to get the game. So... It's just a matter of me. It's also because I like to watch it like in my office sometimes and I don't have the TV. So it's, a, you know, you got to be, you got to be flexible with where you are. Depends. And I, again, I don't use it for, for, for baseball. I use it for football, but that's neither here nor there. I think the blackouts are still going to happen no matter what, because they got to get their, their dollars. Got to get mine. Baseball's got to get mine. Uh, anything else from the schedule? Three exhibitions, two against the Mets, one against Philly. I guess those will be tune up games. Um, right before the season starts. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm still hopeful that I'm going to feel the juice that week. You'll feel the juice. The juice 
The juice is good. You'll like it to the juice. <laughs> um, uh, how do you feel about artificial crowd noise? I know the Yankees are entertaining, possibly pumping in crowd noise for their games. Um, do you think it would be more weird to have the artificial noise or to just have it be silent? Um, I don't know. I, I think that the the crowd noise will be just like a white noise background almost. So I, I don't know how weird it would be. I th- no, I thought they were going to do like if there's a strikeout. It's oh, they're doing it like a per louder. The, they're, they're doing if it for the play. Yeah, if there's a home there's run. Gonna be a, there's going to there, be, there's be a DJ cheering. of crowd noise. Who's Basically. got that job? I want to know who's got that job because that's you're essentially DJing the game. With crowd noise. Aaron Judge is going to be doing it since he's not going to be on the field with stiff neck. Oh, man. That's brutal. <laughs> he is the clubhouse DJ, but maybe maybe that's what CeCe could do. CeCe could could, could, uh, could handle that. He knows the game in and out. He knows when the crowd should be good and, and when they're, they'll be uh, they'll be chilling and hanging out. <laughs> Raucous booze whenever so the <laughs> opponent is, is up. Um, yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting if they're, if they're doing it based on like what's happening in the game. Like You get louder if a, there's a base hit or... I, I Maybe like that's not what it was going to be. I, if they're not going to do that, what is the point of just having white noise background? Just have it be silent. Yeah, just so there's a little bit of something. I don't know. I think you can have you could you could put in something that's that's a little bit uh, just cuts cuts the noise. But you're gonna it's going to be one of those things that's going to get exploited. You know, it's like if you're pumping in crowd noise, someone's going to do it in a way that's that's going to piss people off and it's going to affect the game or they're going to yep. some some interns going to ramp it up opposing teams will complain like you were too loud when we were up to bat yeah. or someone's going to mess it up and it's like they're going to play the home run crowd noise when it's a ground ball to shortstop and it's just like it's going to be foolish yeah the home run the home run siren's going to go off in the middle of a pitch like there's going to be a lot of weird things that happen <laughs> some yeah someone's going to hit the wrong button i, I don't know if we're gonna do it, just like have some consistent white noise of of some sort, just so it's not totally weird. But even that, man, uh-huh. I, I would rather almost just like have the have the sound of the of the train going by, have the sound of the city, have the sound of the night, like whatever sirens in the background. You're gonna have that stuff, like you're playing a softball game. Well, it's very echoey though. That's the difference. You're not it's playing still on be just echoey. an open field. The echo is not gonna go away. If it's constant crowd noise, though, you'll just hear that. You're not gonna hear. I guess it'll over, maybe it'll mask it a little bit, but mask it's still going to be strange. They'll get used to it though. It's one of those things like they're strange already getting indeed. used to it. They're, you know, the crack of the bat is louder. The, the, the all the different things that they're doing are going to be more, uh, they're just going to be more focused on. So man, I just think they got used to it, whatever it is, but you start pumping in weird noises and you start doing different things like that. You start DJing the game with crowd noise. Yeah. You got some, uh, Guess I think it'll be weird. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa's ready for it. They have a DJ booth set up in right field. They're good. Purple, the dome's, purple dome, DJ in right field. I mean, they're ready to go. Yeah, the domes are going to be weird because it's going to be extra. The, the trap will never be as loud as it is going to be this year with all that cr- pumped in crowd noise. Yeah, the, the trap will be exactly the same. <laughs> um, if you guys missed it, go check out the latest Brief History episode I did about the All-Star Game, the Midsummer Classic little uh, origin story there and then the evolution of it over the years because this Tuesday was supposed to be the all-star game yeah very very strange that they're not uh we're not doing that but such is life (laughs) (laughs) sounds so sad uh and also check out uh, i'm gonna be releasing uh, a couple billy martin videos from the history episodes i did on him those will be out on Monday as you're listening to this on our Facebook and YouTube channels. We had Christian work on those. He did a great job. Uh, Going to post those Monday afternoon. So definitely check those out. Yeah, they look cool. All two right. segments, right? Two, uh, two Billy Martin yeah, it's segments. A, you're fired, the Billy Martin story. That was like, I mean, people know about Billy Martin, but when you, when you find all the ins and outs, boy, he just keeps on giving and giving. Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting character for sure. Anything else? No, that's good, man. Like, uh, we're getting we're getting damn close. Ten days. Damn close. T minus ten days. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm starting to starting to ramp up my excitement. I think you should do the same. I think we're I think we're we're we're, we're happening. This is happening. And uh, I'm not gonna fake excitement. We're gonna no. I think you should just get excited. Don't fake it. Just get excited. I don't understand. <laughs> just get excited. That's it. Okay. Just make that happen. Don't fake it. Actually mean it. Okay. Mean it. Uh, next week, next Monday, I'm going to be excited, guys. Optimism. Optimism coming out of Andrew. 
Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.